0: From newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking
1: Breakfast with BNZ. Well, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talkzb in a sillier package. I in Glen ZB, And this morning, our comedian Rob Bryden talks about swimming with men and other things. Our top, bottoms out and uh, BBC versus Netflix and their budgets and their shows. But before any of that, uh, is the economy starting to slip a bit? The latest services
2: sector numbers out yesterday put out by the BNZ show The Two Worlds Are Now Colliding. The services sector, and this is what's important, is what makes this country tick. It is us spending money. It accounts for two-thirds of the New Zealand economy. When you see that number in trouble, we've all got trouble. That number, as of this week, as of yesterday... I can tell you as a reason to worry it is 52.8 what that means is the sector is still expanding that's the good news but not as much 50 is treading water in other words going nowhere below 50 year contracting 52.8 is down 4.3 on last month that's your worry down 4.3 the expansion is stopping we are putting the brakes on and that's not sentiment It is real. It is real dollars and real shops that are no longer being spent. It's orders that are not being placed. And in one of the sub-indices, it's jobs that are not being created or filled. All five sub-indices, by the way, are down. The employment index is down three. It has not been this slow since the middle of 2010. 2010, we were scrambling, if you remember, out of the GFC. In 2010, we had an excuse to have the numbers this slack. So, given these numbers, can we at last start to harden up just a bit and have a real chat about this government driving our country into a hole. Can we start to acknowledge that the wage demands, the industrial action, the taxes, the spending, and yet to be revealed workplace reform is not good for the economy? People don't like it, and they're starting to react in a very tangible sort of way. At some point, the theory becomes reality, and it might be right here, right now. And the reality is ugly. We cannot blame the world either. The world's okay. There's no GFC this time round. Returns for our exports are good. Our trading partners are doing just fine. It is us. In isolation, that is taking a remarkable economic record and apparently throwing it in the bin. The services sector is driven, at least in part, and often a large part, on sentiment. Spending is about feeling good. The moment you don't feel good, you close your wallet. 52.8 is a lot of wallets closing. No, it is not 50 or below, but then God forbid, nor should it be. 52.8 is bad enough. Certainly bad enough to start asking a few hard questions of a government that only nine months in has managed to find the economic brake pedal and slam its inept foot hard down
1: on it. Man, bit of a downer from Mr Positivity there. Um, It wasn't actually the only uh, negative... Noises coming out of his mouth this morning. Something
2: of note for you to think about today. Stats New Zealand are going to come out with the CPI, which is the inflation rate. What's fascinating about the inflation rate, not that it's normally that gripping, but at the moment it could be because they think for the three months to the end of June, 1.6%. In other words, we're starting to see some real inflation. Uh, record petrol price is going to drive it. And what's going to be fascinating over the next few months, of course, inflation's not good because it leads to interest rate rises. Interest rate rises are not good because it slows an economy, you're paying more for your mortgage and so the whole thing goes. However, counterbalancing some of that would be uh, the dollar, which is falling. And of course, if growth starts to fall, the Reserve Bank doesn't want to increase interest rates and make things worse. So you've got a fascinating... Uh, Is it a confluence? I think we might have a confluence going on at the moment.
1: Uh, Rob Brydon uh, is going to be touring here next year. He's a comedian. Uh, The name may not be familiar. You'd know him if you see him. He's one of those guys who looks taller than he actually is. Anyway, uh, he's done a movie swimming with men, but he hurt his his arm while he was doing it. Having hurt my arm,
0: we then we did a little bit to promote swimming with men we did a bit on sport relief which is a big charity thing that happens here and we had to get back in the pool and film another synchronized routine when my arm really wasn't ready for it so that's <coughs> cropped that so that that left my arm unable <laughs> to put my shirt on in the usual way you you know, you know the way old men put their shirts on and yes. down one arm and then yeah well that's me i'm i'm, I'm still a bit like that my left arm I took my seven-year-old out for a bike ride, a seven-year-old, and since then it's not been right. I've got a sort of a, a tennis elbow thing going on with it. So, yes, I, I am I'm with you, brother. I, I, I feel your pain.
2: The difference is, though, I wouldn't put my body on screen,
0: and yet you have. Well yeah you know here's what's interesting you <clears throat> in all the, the press I've done for it almost every time someone will say oh it must have been embarrassing being in your trunks and and my answer is always the same i think as an actor you you don't really you're a different breed you, you don't feel that yeah. i've said that uh, the collective noun for actors as far as i'm concerned is an humiliation of actors because so often you are humiliated. When you're starting out, it's humiliating to go to so many auditions and you don't get it. You sit in a room with people who look vaguely like you. You know, it, it's not great for, your, for, for your, your dignity. And when you achieve some success, you'll still be criticised and you'll get bad reviews. And you'll find yourself doing all sorts of strange things. So being in shorts and trunks, I, I didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Because I suppose people aren't expecting Tom Cruise, you know. I think they're expecting a very real human being. And believe me, that's what I give them. I
1: think what we really uh, learned out of that was that uh, Mike Hosking thinks that he's gone to the pack. I don't know what's happening with Mike today. Normally he's really talking himself up and the economy and everything else. Today is the opposite day. Um, Of course, uh, the opposite of top has happened to them. Uh, They have bottomed out. So far, they've disappeared. At the
2: time when Gareth Morgan suggested he was out, but he hoped the movement would continue, you could immediately see the mistake he had made. Uh, There was no movement. And the really sad part about his demise is for the system itself, as opposed to the party specifically. MMP is a mess. It doesn't work. The broad idea that we have a selection of parties isn't real. They've largely fallen by the wayside as the larger parties have broadened their appeal. ACT, despite David and Rodney and Roger, has never fired. The Maori party, born out of seabed and foreshore resentment, came and went. United died with Dunn. The Conservatives got dragged down by the Craig weirdness. The odd burst from the Christians over the years ended up with Capel in jail. It's all farcical. The Survivors if you want to call them that, are New Zealand first, who will topple, of course, when Winston does, and the Greens, who really are the only genuine third party with any real sense of identity and future. Now, it's easy to see where Top went wrong. Gareth didn't have a clue, basically, either on how to present himself to potential voters or indeed on policy. He made the classic error of drumming up ideas from a survey. Votes are garnered by a belief system, hence the Greens. I read Gareth's policies. And they didn't make any sense, especially as tax one. And when I said so, all he did was bag me. He bagged everyone. He was permanently grumpy. So if a party is to have any chance, the upside, I suppose, of all of this demise is that there is no shortage of examples of what to avoid if you don't want to end up going the same way. Personality can help. Name recognition is a positive factor if used appropriately, but not if it becomes a one-man band. Policy has to be distinct. It has to be recognisable as different from all the rest, but without being so radical, it will never get off the ground. And then there has to be a level of dissatisfaction with what's already on offer. All of these things theoretically are possible, but currently are improbable. Hence, we have what we have. A very, very poor version of a system that should be so much more than what it is. And will it change? I don't think so. I don't see it. The next election will be fought between what you basically see today. And you know who that's going to cause the most trouble for? National. Even as the most popular party, they still need help. And act as a single, lonely seat is not it. They need another party. But as Gareth files the paperwork to wind up his mad experiment, who would back another party starting between now and next year and getting traction? Not me.
1: Well, of course, I mean, it it provided a little bit of drama over the election anyway, bit of comedy, Uh, all the kinds of things you want from your favourite television network. Uh, We love Netflix, of course, but BBC reckons you get more value for money
2: from them. Here's the numbers. £97 million, so a couple of hundred million dollars. This is the Netflix-BBC thing this morning with the announcement from Netflix that we've got the new cast of The Crown. The BBC, who are in a fight for their life, of course, because they're funded by the taxpayer of Britain and constantly under the gun. And they're um, just releasing, as we speak, the um, new list, second year's list of all the so-called stars paid over £150,000. Absolute chaos last year, forced upon them by the government for reasons best known to themselves, because all it did was mean that so-and-so was earning more than such-and-such, and, such, and it was just a massive cluster. So anyway, the BBC's come out this morning and said, look, if it costs a couple hundred million dollars to make um, 20 hours of television called The Crown, here's what we do for the same money. We made 85 hours of content, so 20 versus 85, and we made 18 different drama series, and you've got called the Midwife and Poldark and Our Girl and Peaky Blinders and Sherlock and a whole lot more. So they're madly
1: peddling It wasn't actually until he said Sherlock That I I was really on board with any of those other shows To be honest Even The Crown Well especially The Crown I feel like it's a monumental waste of money, time and resources Just like the royal family is Really So I suppose that's appropriate I am Glen ZB uh, Don't worry You haven't wasted any money on this at all I give this to you for free Doesn't mean it's not worth anything uh, Well let's hope you don't think that And if not Come back and join me tomorrow Yeah, that makes sense. Not sure, but I'll see you then.